Trump defunds the WHO, Pelosi tries to push her voter fraud scheme, the White House gets a new press secretary, Rand Paul gets cured, and the U.S. COVID-19 death count has been exposed. The numbers aren't adding up. We're going to get into all this and more. Welcome to America the Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Saladino. We're going to get into everything going on in America today. Let's get into this. Trump calls to defund the WHO. Listen to this. The uh, WHO, that's the World Health Organization, receives vast amounts of money from the United States. And uh, we pay for a majority, a biggest portion of their money. And they uh, actually criticized and disagreed with my travel ban at the time I did it. And they were wrong. They've been wrong about a lot of things. So Trump is just exposing the WHO and being wrong and how we're using them as basically the beacon of uh, the what is supposed to be done with health crisis. And they're wrong. And Trump's calling that out. And they had a lot of information early and they didn't want to do very, they seem to be very China-centric. And uh, we have to look into that. So we're going to look into it. We pay for we give a majority of the money that they get, and it's much more than the 58. $58 million is a small portion of what they've gotten over the years. Sometimes they get much more than that. Sometimes it's for programs that they're doing. And, and I mean, Trump's right in calling them out. Why are we giving them money if they're going to shill for China and be against the China travel ban? And it's much bigger numbers, and if the programs are good, that's great as far as we're concerned. But we want to look into it. World Health Organization because they really are, uh, they called it wrong. They call it wrong. They really, they missed the call. They could have called it months earlier. They would have known. And uh, they should have known. And they probably did know. So we'll be looking into that very carefully. And we're going to put a hold on money spent to the W. H-O. Let me know, do you think that Trump should be putting a hold on the money to the WHO, the World Health Organization? I think so. I think that they're just a total waste of garbage. Oh, we're going to put a very powerful hold on it, and we're going to see. It's a great thing if it works, but when they call every shot wrong, that's no good. Right. Def- I... I- tweeted out, should Trump defund the WHO for shilling out to China? They are unreliable and untrustworthy. Of course, of course they're unreliable and trustworthy. The Gateway Pundit put together uh, what seems to be one of the tweets. The WHO tweeted this in January 14th. Preliminary investigations conducted by the Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission of the novel coronavirus identified in Walu- uh, well, in China. <laughs> Um, so that was from January 14th. Oh, how wrong was that? It seems like they just took Chinese China's word for that and just ran with it. Um, it turns out they were just defending China. The information was completely inaccurate. Today, tens of thousands of people are dead around the globe to Chinese false reporting of the disease. The director general of the WHO, uh, Tetris, whatever, whatever, reportedly promoted that China wants him, what China wants him to promote. And there are photos of him with the president of China and a bunch of other people at summits that seem like influential, important people. And yeah, that's that's pretty much what is up. Hopefully we defund them. Hopefully we don't listen to a damn thing that they say again. 
because especially when you're dealing with these health crises, so much was wrong. All the projection models were wrong. Even the ones that accounted for social distancing were wrong. WHO was wrong. The the government officials that were telling us not to wear face masks were wrong. Almost every single thing that happened in this whole situation was wrong. And why? It's because we're getting untrustworthy data, untrustworthy analysis, untrustworthy facts, in quotes, from these experts, in quotes, that all have their own political agenda. That's the problem. None of this stuff is biased. Everybody's paid off by somebody. Everybody has somebody to please. Everybody has an agenda. And that is the main problem with all this. The media got everybody into a frenzy off of false data, which caused this whole economic shutdown. That's It's as simple as that. That's what happened. All the data was wrong by 90 to 98%. When they say 2.2 million people are going to die, and now the estimates are down to 83,000, come on. Standing six feet apart from each other on a CVS line does not make the debts go from 2.2 million to 83,000. The goal of social distancing is to just elongate and spread out the infections over a longer period of time. This way, hospitals don't overflow. So once we come out of lockdown, once we come out of quarantine, it's going to continue as normal, as it normally would, which would not be doomsday. All the doomsday models were wrong, and that's it. The White House got a new press secretary, and she's an absolute savage. Listen to these highlights. Honey, I, you can't ask me a question. You can't I, answer the question. Oh, you can't That's ask me a question. By the way, it's not the crazy girl. It's the hot blonde girl. Honey, I can't answer, so don't okay, even try. What attracted the father of the Orlando terrorist to your candidate? He's a mentally ill individual. <laughs> oh, who that's what attracted him. I get it. Pardon me? <laughs> what attracted him to your candidate? Your answer was he's mentally ill. I have no, his mentor that Stop smiling and smirking like a funny fish. Absolute savage is the Thug Like Life compilations. Uh, give this video a like, by the way. Um, you can see how she made this Democrat lose her shit. We're going to go on and watch the rest of this. Barack Obama, how they will get African-Americans out of this vicious cycle where you're in a failing school and then one Kaylee. third of America, African-Americans are in poverty. That is horrendous. It's time to live up to the promises that have been made to this community. It's unfair. Everyone deserves a shot at the American dream. And, and I have to correct something you said. Donald Trump was positive. He said... African-Americans have fought in every single war. They've raised the national conscience. Maybe you guys didn't hear that because you don't want to hear good things from Donald Trump. It's shameful. As you've noted, there has been a precedent that we don't criticize presidents when they are overseas, much less pursue a coup against a sitting president. And that's what this is. This was never about the facts. Adam Schiff engaged in such a sham when he says he hasn't made up his mind about impeachment. Uh, but nevertheless, here we are on this fast track. This is a coup against a sitting president of the United States without evidence, without facts. And that is why the polling is going south on this. So it's despicable they're doing this, particularly while the president is overseas. You didn't more, think they were working for you, this did This is they? more... She, I like, she's got a lot of um, spunk to her. She's, she's a fast talker, she's proper, she says what needs to be said, when it needs to be said, and she's got that witty comeback like Trump's seen in that first clip. Uh, let's, let's finish listening. Fake news. Literally in the last 24 hours, the you took right Stephanie Grisham out of context, you take the president I'm out of context, MSNBC lies about the president and our campaign manager. This is why Harvard...
Harvard, by the way, says 90% of the news coverage of the president is negative. Not no, my no, no, words. No. Harvard's no, that's word. not what Harvard. Evil, evil. We <laughs> I, I, right to right to Chris Fredo Cuomo's face. She's just calling him out on fake news. Taking God out of our schools, right. and you take God out of this society, and you will see more and more of this happen on a daily basis. All right, All right gotcha, gotcha. And, and you, you should be, by the way. You should be thanking Stephanie Grisham, who literally fought with reporters in North Korea, with North Korea security guards to get reporters access, who literally fought to get more reporters access than any other nation at the G7. So, yeah, uh, I guess she's she's kind of a savage. She seems like the right person for the job. Um, uh, Kelly McAney. I can't pronounce names. I'm sorry. We'll replace uh, Stephanie Grisha. Grisham, I am horrible with pronouncing last names, uh, as White House Press Secretary. Uh, Stephanie is out as White House Press Secretary and will be replaced by Kelly Kelly. Uh, Stephanie, who replaced Sarah Huckabee Sanders last June, will return to the East Wing as First Lady Melania Trump's Chief of Staff. Without having entered uh even held a press briefing the white house announced tuesday so she the previous woman never even held the press briefing i'm excited to welcome stephanie back to the team in this new role a statement from the first lady read um so she's just going to work for the first lady the previous woman and the new one's coming in. A longtime Trump associate tells the Post that there has been speculation for weeks that Stephanie was on her way out of the press secretary role, adding to the speculation the first lady reported still spoke with Stephanie on the near daily basis after she originally left the chief of staff role. Um, Stephanie and Trump obviously worked together when she served at the first lady communication director before the, okay, no one, no one cares. No one cares about that stuff anymore. So I'm just happy we got a, we got a savage in. Hopefully she keeps up the savagery. Hopefully she keeps calling people out. I think it seems like she is the right person for the job just based on this small compilation of her savagery. I posted it up. And it looks like uh, everybody agrees that she's a savage. Somebody said she's a fake Barbie, won't last long, mark my words. Oh, and then someone replied, oh, the hell if she won't. She does look like a little bit of a Barbie doll, which I've noticed a lot of conservative women look like Barbie dolls. Uh, I guess that's why they get thrown on TV. They're, they're easy on the eyes, so... Um. Nancy Pelosi is taking advantage of this crisis to push for her voter fraud agenda. Listen to this. Sir, in, in this new um, relief package, are you going to push for guarantees about being able to vote by uh, from home? First off, just look how weird she looks. And I'm glad she's wearing a turtleneck because her, her neck looks like, like, a, like a scrotum. To improve that system uh, for the upcoming general election? Well, in the next package, the package to talk about. Hey, uh, 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 this woman just cannot is. talk straight. She doesn't have the mental capacity to be in office. She cannot talk. She cannot get a coherent sentence out. She's she she is a female Biden. If you think about it, just an interim package that Secretary Mnuchin was suggesting, and we'll deal with that. But uh, in our uh, four and cares two, yes, we want the resources to be there and no obstacles. Uh, to that uh, to that voting to take place. See, she's saying she doesn't want no obstacles. She wants no obstacles to take place with the voting, such as voter ID 
or a social security number, wants no obstacles. Why would they want no obstacles? It's either one, they think that minorities are too stupid to attain an ID to vote, or two, they think that they, they want to push forward for their voter fraud agenda, leaving less obstacles in their in the way for them to do this voter fraud. And it's crazy that this is coming from the Speaker of the House and, and not like a hidden agenda with, you know, George Soros, which obviously he's a part of this. She's just out in front on stage pushing for her voter fraud. It's a bad art. That's another thing is they, that's the only way that they're going to be able to win if they, can, if they can steal enough votes in enough states and cities. Democracy. It's about our democracy in a time where it's even a physical challenge to vote. Uh, so we want to have more. Uh, it, it's not a. They keep on trying to do this. It's democracy. It's constitutional. Those arguments aren't going to work. What you're doing is against democracy, where you're stealing votes from real people. So if I make a vote, I go out of my way to vote, and then she comes in and negates my vote with voter fraud. It takes it takes away the democracy. By the way, we're like a constitutional representative republic, not really so much the democracy, but resources for vote by mail, more same day registration, more states sending uh, sending ballots to those who are qualified uh, to vote. Uh, that will be part of our initiative. We got four hundred. Uh, they want to go out of their way and send ballots to people to vote. That. Especially when you have the Democrats in control of that, that leaves the door open for so much to go wrong. If somebody is literally going to collect these ballots from the Democrats, they can easily change the votes. They can easily not – they can look at the voter registration and just not send them out to the Republicans and make sure the Democrats are the ones that are 100 percent coming to the polls and not helping out You know, people who vote Republican. They can also throw away the Republican ballots. Or just not collect them. So much can go wrong. It is actually incredibly easy to get somebody else's voter, regi- um, somebody else's mail-in vote sent to your house. It is incredibly easy. All you need is the basic information of people that is pretty much on public record and public display. You can get just about anybody's vote sent to your house. It's not that hard. I mean, obviously the Democrats are putting together an operation to do this by the millions, if not hundreds of thousands. They got a lot of manpower, and they got their Soros money behind them to do this. So we need to constantly put these people in check. We need to make sure that our elections are safe and don't let them use the whole racism argument when we we want voter ID. Us asking for voter ID is they think or they frame it as voter suppression. That is not voter suppression. If you're too stupid to get an ID, you shouldn't be able to vote. Sorry. There, I said it. (laughs) Ron Paul cleared of his coronavirus, and he tweeted out a picture of him. You got a nice little scruff going on. I appreciate all the best wishes I have received. I have been retested, and I am negative. I have started volunteering at a local hospital to assist those in my community who are in need of medical help, including COVID-19 patients. Together, we can overcome this. Good for him. Good job for him. God bless him. It looks like uh, he he recovered. He got better. He was somebody that would have been more on the high-risk spectrum, and he seems perfectly fine. He looks like he got way better. He probably didn't have to go to an ICU or anything, I'm only assuming. And now he's out there helping. So 
good for him. Um, we're going to see what else we could see in this article. Uh, he is a, a physician. I was the first member of the Senate known to be infected of COVID-19. Last month, Paul tested positive for COVID-19 after having time spent on Capitol Hill, engaged in working lunches and meetings on the COVID-19 stimulus package. Package After testing positive, Paul went into self-quarantine in Kentucky and continued to work from home. His diagnosis last month sent several GOP senators into self-quarantine, as well as including Mitt Romney, Mike Lee, and two others who interacted. Neither Romney or Lee experienced symptoms, but both are out of quarantine. So whoever he came in contact with didn't really affect anybody, um, at least on the government level. So that's good. Good for him. I'm glad he's better. The left was pretty... I guess they're pretty upset because they were the ones laughing and hoping the worst that would happen to him, just like what they're doing with Boris Johnson, which is disgusting and despicable on all accounts. So I'm glad he's better. I hope everybody else thinks he's glad he's better. So anyway, you guys, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, notifications on. Go subscribe to America the Podcast. Uh, you can text me. My number is up on screen. I'm trying to talk to as many people as possible. Um if you can, go to uh, on the Apple app for the podcasts. Sorry, my nose is a little stuffy. If you can, please rate my podcast five stars. The left has been one star bombarding it for the last couple of weeks now, and I'm just trying to get the ratings up. You can see all the ratings are either five stars or one stars, and it's kind of a split 50-50, so I need your guys' help to help me <laughs> I'm not, you know, be a victim to the left hate. Finally, somebody from the media asked the right question. They're asking how the COVID-19 deaths are being counted for. Listen to this because this is very important on how the numbers are being artificially inflated. Can you talk about your concerns about deaths being misreported? Uh, by coronavirus because of either lack of testing or standards for how they're characterized? So I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And I think the reporting here has been pretty straightforward over the last five to six weeks. Prior to that, when there wasn't testing in January and February, that's a very different situation um, and unknown. There are other countries that if you had a pre-existing condition, and let's say the virus caused you to go to the ICU and then have a heart or kidney problem, some countries are recording that as a heart issue or a kidney issue and not a COVID-19 death. Um, right now, we're still recording it, and we'll... I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the ability to market as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID- This is the important part. Listen to this. Dies with COVID-19 is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. Are you, can you be- See, that's, that doesn't hit. Oh, sure, I mean, you hear from coroners that that's not necessarily the case. Are, are you sure? How can you be confident about that? And is there any concern that it skews? All right, it ends there. But she said 
if somebody comes in and dies <laughs> from his if someone dies with COVID-19, we're counting that as a COVID-19 death. The numbers are being inflated. If some if somebody has a heart attack and then they test positive for COVID-19, even if COVID-19 had no relation to that heart attack whatsoever, and the COVID-19 was asymptomatic or so mild, no one even knew that they had it. That death will still be marked as a COVID-19 death. The numbers are being widely inflated. This doesn't mean people aren't dying from COVID-19. That is true. People are dying as a result of COVID-19. But the numbers are being inflated to make it look worse than it actually is. The numbers literally went from 2.2 million down to 83,000 estimated deaths. And even with the artificial inflation, I'll be surprised if we even hit that 83,000 mark within the next couple months. Everything about this situation has been wrong, just completely wrong. And now we're being spoon fed mis and false information. I want to see a data chart of everybody who died with COVID-19. Then I want to see everybody who died because of COVID-19. Then I want to see people who died from COVID-19. Because obviously COVID-19 can cause um, different disruptions in the body that will make them die. I, I never heard of a time where it actually caused someone to have a heart attack on the spot. Maybe if they have it really bad and they can't breathe because their lungs are shutting off, maybe it would induce a heart attack. I don't know, but I'm not a doctor. But I want to see the breakdown of the chart down to people who died with it, people who died because of it, and then people who died from it. And then when you're breaking it down, the numbers keep get cutting in half more and more again. We're, we got to break the conditioning. <laughs> I sound like Alex Jones. We got to break the conditioning. You know, <laughs> just uh, be careful what we're being fed. X questions. Break it down. Do your own data analysis. I've been saying since day one, since January, this was all an overhype. That's what I've been saying. I, I don't think I ever said it was just the flu. I believe I said it's comparable to the flu. It's like stacking a flu season on top of another flu season. That's why we're seeing this influx in hospitalizations. I never saw it as... The next doomsday virus that's going to wipe out a big portion of the country like the Spanish flu or the, the Black Plague. It, it is not one of those things at all and it never was, even if we did nothing. Even the models that accounted for the social distancing were wrong tremendously. And if we want to even scale that down, we're looking at something that's no worse than a really, really bad flu season. Let's just be real. When we're, when we're dealing with... In 2016 or 2017, I think we had 80,000 flu deaths. That is literally the same projected number for the COVID-19 deaths. Even if that number was higher or double, that's still a tragedy. But would that have warranted an entire economic shutdown? Because if we're going to warrant total economic shutdowns for every time there's a virus that might kill a few 10,000 people, I'm sorry, that's just not going to be feasible because then we'll be closing down every single flu season. Because, oh, we, you know, there's going to be an estimated 60,000 people dead from this flu season. Oh, let's shut down the entire – that's not feasible. We can't do that. It's not about money and life. and It's not about profits and money over life. That's not what it's about. It's about preserving preserving – our society and the ecosystem that we created of society that keeps the world functioning and people alive. This shutdown could cause more deaths 
than what would have occurred if we didn't do a shutdown. Because now there's a lot of economic uncertainty. There's a lot of depression. There's people being stuck at home, probably domestic abuse going up. People are probably developing drug habits. There's so many more consequences to this economic shutdown than the actual virus itself. And time will show this. Time will tell. We're going to be able to, when all the real data is out, when the... The data is posted to the wall by the CDC, and they post it to the wall, and we're able to break it down. If it's not artificially inflated, we'll see the numbers. We'll see, oh, look, heart disease and cancer deaths all of a sudden went down when COVID-19 spiked. Did cancer and heart disease just decide to take a break for a few weeks while COVID-19 was doing all the work? We're going to see these parts of consistencies, but I just don't think it's economically feasible to shut down in a country, a country where over 50%, I think it's like 80% of the people who died or 70% of the people who died from this disease are 65 and older with already terminally ill pre-existing conditions. Who's to say that these people were not already going to die by the end of the year? And we'll see that statistic when the year death rate comes out. Because if, if we see, I'm just using arbitrary numbers, if last year a million people died and we're seeing this year a million people died by the end of the year, we're going to be like, well, COVID-19 didn't affect our society or the way anything works at all from a disease standpoint, from the virus itself. We're looking, we can look at that and be like, wow, no more people died last year, I mean this year, than last year. Why is that? Oh, it's because the COVID-19 deaths pretty much just sped up the people who were terminally ill at the worst. And it wasn't as deadly, nearly as deadly as predicted. And those that's what we're going to see. I'm calling it now because every prediction that I said since January on Twitter has turned out to be right. Even when people in the comments are saying, this is not going to age well, this is not going to age well. Oh, wait two more weeks. Oh, wait two more weeks. Oh, wait another two weeks. None of, all my stuff aged perfectly. I've been calling this out since day one. Don't be afraid of these doomsdays. Be more afraid of the government pushing in to take your rights. Be more afraid of the socialists pushing their agenda because they're going to push their agenda now even more in a crisis like this. And be, be more weary of how the deep state is taking note where all they need to do is send out a bunch of fake data, false information, false scare tactics, and people will be willing to give their rights back. They're taking notes. You take notes too. I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, I'm more of a realist. And what we're seeing now, every single day, is we're seeing more and more of this stuff on full display. Question everything. Ask questions. Break it down. Don't trust anybody. Don't even trust me. I'll never lie to you. I'll give you my personal opinion. I have no no reason to lie to you, but I'd rather you not trust me. I'd rather you question everything I do because then I know you're questioning things. I want people to develop the ability to critically think. If you see something on paper that someone's telling you, break it down. X, Y, X, who, X, where this came from, X, what their agenda is. And then you can break down an even better understanding. I've been saying this from day one. I feel like I'm smart. I don't know if I'm smarter than these experts because these experts could have purposely lied. So that would make them, I guess, smarter than me. But if they were actually serious, then I'm smarter than them. I'm smarter than them by a long shot. So, (laughs) yeah. I mean, as more data comes out, everything that I'm saying gets proven right more and more. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to America the Podcast. Please rate five stars if you can. Please subscribe if you're not. Send this to a friend. And you can also text me, 917-540-8768. Ask me some questions, and I might put you in the mailbag. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day. You can, you can stop listening now. The show's over. Go away.